What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the block, Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you. It's the Husker Hoops Hour. Just talked about the Husker women's team's road win over Purdue. Shocker, shocker, the men won at home, right? It's what they do. Eight wins in conference play all at home. Seven losses all on the road. We'll get to that uh, later today or tomorrow for sure. But it was a 68-49 to win for the Husker men over Penn State at home. I was there, Stricky. I was a little nervous in that first half. It felt like a typical Nebraska-Penn State game where it wasn't exactly a thing of beauty. Nebraska wasn't playing great. Penn State wasn't playing great, but was hanging around. And, Strick, I was worried that if that continued, Nebraska was going to, you know, suffer a bad loss at home, which the Huskers absolutely can't afford to do. They got the act together, got tighter with the ball in the second half en route to a 19-point win. Watching from a distance, what were your takeaways from this one? I mean, that's what I would have said as well. I I look at it from the standpoint of uh, doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, we can go back to the beginning of our time together where we talked about the season and the upcoming season and what was going to uh, what we're hoping for. Uh, I will say a few things are coming into play right now as we close out the season. One of them is take care of home. That's one of the things that I've always you know, just really talked about is taking care of home and go get a few on the road. I mean, it's tough to have a complete 180 turnaround in in everything that you are as a team, as a program. It's really tough to do that. So the fact I said, focus on home, they've done that. Mm -hmm. The second thing is putting them in a position to be out of the first night game where you then would have to play five, basically what, five games in order to get Mm – a championship. Yeah. Get out of that. So at least minimum get under uh, into the 10 underneath 10 in that middle range group, but they're teetering at possibly the four spot. But then the last part about this Austin is think of how bad it could have went. If they lost this game, this was an important game for both teams. Like it wasn't like, Penn State, I can assure you, didn't come in just saying, well, we're hoping to get – get." no, I think they were coming in understanding where they were in the standings and how one loss from where this middle of the pack – I don't even know what to call it, like a trash compactor or, <laughs> you know, like how you – know, you know how the trash yeah. compactor thing just pulls everything together and there's this big hump? Mm-hmm. That's what it is, man. It's a big hump of a blob of teams just sitting right there 
and one loss one way or a couple losses the other. Look at what happened with Wisconsin. Just how fast that can happen for a team. They're, they're, they have enough in the bank that they're holding on right there, but everybody's just bundled up right there at a spot that a couple of wins, a little run, a four-game win streak can literally propel you into a beautiful position for the end of the season. That's where they're at. So looking at this game, I knew the importance of it. Yes, it was back and forth, back and forth. But then all of a sudden, you know, Nebraska caught wind, caught fire, and, and started hitting shots, started attacking. You knew the defense was going to be there. I think they were a little bit smarter on that. Yes, they had some turnovers. And the focus of their energy was on Ace Baldwin. Shout mm-hmm. out to Hoiberg and Bryce and those guys that really, for the most part throughout that game, uh, Ace Baldwin didn't really get going until probably six minutes or five minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. So that was a key for them uh, in, 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 in pulling out this victory and especially doing it the way that they did. Scoreless for the first 24 minutes of the game. Yeah. That's a really good effort for a guy that was the leading scorer in uniform for Penn State. Kanye Clary did not make the trip to Lincoln. It came out today that he is uh, no longer with Penn State's team. So that makes Ace Baldwin Jr. the leading scorer on the year for Penn State. Again, doesn't score for the first 24 minutes of the game. But also alongside that streak, he wasn't allowed to dictate the game, right? Because not only can Ace yeah. Baldwin Jr. you know, fill it up, he's the former Atlantic 10 Defensive Player of the Year. He can be disruptive on that end. And even if he's not scoring, we know he can create for others, getting downhill, um, setting other players up. He only had on the day two assists, right? And Five steals, that's a big though, deal. so you were right on that other part of it. Mm-hmm. Five steals, that's like, golly. And most of those were in the first half strike. I thought Nebraska's handle was really loose. Like, they, they struggled with the ball handling. Their arms were out trying to dribble out here. They didn't catch passes cleanly, and Ace Baldwin took advantage of that. Had a fast break layup, erased um, on a block and good transition defense. But Nebraska took Penn State's best player out of the game in the first half. He didn't get going until it was too late for them. And part of that, to me, strict came from the tempo and the pace that Nebraska played with out of halftime. You hold Ace Baldwin scoreless for 20 minutes, you're like, okay, he's going to come out with a vengeance. He's going to come out fired up, ready to go. But Nebraska matched Penn State and exceeded them. They had that run to start the second half. They forced the timeout from Penn State when they get the lead up to 13 points, ultimately extend it uh, to 22 points at one point, 55 to 33, I think the biggest lead was. Strick, the last few games, we've seen Nebraska respond really well out of the halftime locker room. What do you attribute that to? Learning. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's, it's like AI. You 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 hopefully will be able to take into account the losses and take into account the mistakes and take into account the issues and learn. You know, I, I talked about that by way of the analogy of that movie War Games, mm-hmm. and how the AI system just kind of was taking the losses and seeing the losses and was ultimately learning uh, each step of the way. That's what Nebraska's done. I think they've learned. I think they've grown. I think the lessons that they learned early on with the, the Minnesotas and, and those type of games going on the road and being inefficient, it's a lot of that stuff that happened in, throughout the season, I think they've learned from it. Now, here's why. One lesson that they've learned is resilience. They've learned mm-hmm. how to – a little bit better on how to break uh, the other team's runs. What they need to do, how they need to execute, how crisp they need to be to stop a run. Like Penn State had a run. It was like, ooh, 
Mm-hmm. Like the energy was looking, the energy was looking funny. Like it was like, ooh, they about to, they about to seriously make a run. They were about to put it under double digits and then boom, right back. K say, bam, mm-hmm. three. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then go down low rink, boom. You know, they they knew what to do in order to to cancel that run. That's what they've got to continue to do throughout the uh, the season and the rest of the season as well. Now they've got to take what you just saw that transpired against Penn State, go on the road and duplicate. They've got to get into duplication, mm-hmm. take that same energy because you see the energy was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Dive on the floor when you saw Bryce in the early start the stages of the game dive on the floor. <clears throat> For those players, Bryce diving on the floor like that early on in the game, that's huge for them. Mm. And I think that's something that, you know, began to spiral into each of the team. Right. And that's one thing when like Josiah or Sam dives on the floor, but that's what they do. Bryce diving on the floor was big. Um, we'll circle back to that case shot because I think that was the, maybe the key moment in the game. But Strick, when we talk about leadership for this team, showing that emotion in moments, Rink Mast had that one-handed dunk, right? He's, he's jumping up and down and pointing to the bench. In the moment, it felt a little cheesy. Like, okay, Rink, you've dunked before. You're up double digits. This game's pretty well in hand. What are you doing? But as I stepped back, Strick, the more I like Rink Mast doing that, he's not a guy that shows a lot of that emotion, right? The crowd had been kind of out of it. So yeah, even if it was a little cheesy and a little bit over the top and a little, ha yeah, roll your eyes... To me, that's growth in leadership. Rink Mass sensing that maybe there needed to be some more emotion in the building. And even if it was just a chuckle, I think it reset the energy in a small moment like that. And that's another area I think we see growth in Rink Mast. No, no doubt about it. And they, um, I still love that they're being efficient as far as running. It's like they're starting to figure out like what the offense can do for them. Mm. And then they're starting to throw these little wrinkles in the offense that looks like what it probably looked like earlier in the season or on scouting tapes and stuff like that. And they throw a little wrinkle. So it's the same action, but there's a little wrinkle in it mm-hmm. because a lot of their, they, 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 they did something in this game too. I mean, you what's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Normally see them in their out-of-bounds plays getting like CJ or somebody coming off and they're, they they got that off. Then teams started to figure that out. Then they started to switch it up. They got Gary on a couple of buckets on the out-of-bounds play. Mm-hmm. And then on another play, uh, it was well run. I think coming out of a timeout, they used a different combination of players, got a backdoor cut for a layup, and I think, again, it was for Juwan Gary. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're starting to throw these little wrinkles in there, and I think the timing for those are perfect. I love that out-of-bounds play that ended up in the lob for Juwan Gary. It's Casey setting a back screen, a quick inbound to Rink, and then the lob, right? That was a pretty quick hitter. The threat of Casey Tomonaga is a shooter. Like, you can't leave him when he's screening because you know he's going to pop and he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. So the creativity is good to see. And I'm glad we circled back to Casey. You brought up that that three-pointer that he hit, Strick. Nebraska had turned it over a couple times against Penn State's, you know, three-quarter court, slow the game down, disrupt rhythm sort of pressure. 
I thought Nebraska did a pretty good job of not dribbling to corners and getting trapped. They didn't force too many passes. CJ had his pocket picked once, but Penn State starts making that run. A couple of six to nothing runs in there, interrupted by two points from Nebraska. It's 12 to two, gets the lead down from 22 points down to 12 points. Nebraska is still pretty much in control, up 12 with five and a half minutes to go. You feel okay. If Kasei Tomonaga misses that shot, I think Penn State cuts that down to to five or six points. But that's a great sense of the moment, a great job by Rink Mass to pop to where um, he could relieve that pressure from that top corner, find the shooter for a step-in three. If it's Kasei or C.J. Wilcher, I feel good about that shot going down, but that was perfect Even execution. Bryce. Even Bryce, sure. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel good about Bryce taking that, too. Good, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really good job of handling the pressure. It was the right players at the right spots in the right moment. If mm-hmm. Kasei doesn't hit that, it gets dicey, but I felt much better seeing Kasei shoot that like, oh, okay, and then once as soon as it went down, it's boom, Nebraska's got this. There's Penn State's run. They withstood it. What's the final score going to be? And there it is. And then they go off to make their own little run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Austin. I really like this team. I think this team, <clears throat> like, like here, here's where I can tell you, because I, I've had a few discussions with Jamarcus Lawrence, mm. you know, it just in passing. And I told him, I, I said, listen, Jamarcus, I, I understand what you're going through. I understand the position you are in because I also had to <laughs> do the same thing, but I'll tell you, man, just figure out how to aggressively stay aggressive in your, in, in what you do, get to certain spots and practice those. And just, when you get there, that's your stuff. You can see him being a little bit more aggressive in, in, in moments. And I think that's still good for him. He's still not fully there yet, but it's going to keep his mindset from not being tentative mm. when they need him to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. You saw him, how effective he is in his push and pro. He's probably the best on the team at that, at this point of pushing the tempo, getting deep. And now he's just got to finish, which you, he, he was able to get a couple in this game. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to see from him. Now there's not going to be anybody to save them this year. But I still like this team. I still like how they use the system that they have in order to give them an opportunity to win games. Mm-hmm. But until they get a traditional point guard in there uh, to to kind of understand time, score, situation, when they need to settle in, what what play at this time can get us what we need in order to push a lead, get us back into the game, or to settle things down? Like, there, there, there's got to be a, something going in your head as a point guard that tells you these different times throughout the game, and they happen. And you've got to be an extended arm of Fred Hoiberg mm. in understanding that. When he says something, okay, I got it. Or something, and you see something, you can tweak it. So there's there's where that, that, that point guard can be that. I just don't think they have that yet. It's going to probably affect them in tournament play. But right now, we don't care about that. They're having a great season, and this is a great team. Absolutely. The one thing I'll add on Jamarcus Lawrence was he hit a couple of your stop and pop middies, right? In transition, he found the time, he found the the situation for it, made his first two, he pulled up for a third one, and Fred Hoiberg, I think, viewed that as an opportunity to run some clock to get into some action. So what Fred Hoiberg did was that the next media timeout, he talked to Jamarcus on his own, kind of outside of the huddle as everyone else was getting going. My first thought was, 
He's going to pull Jamarcus. That was a bad shot. They've probably talked about that. He's going to the bench. Jamarcus was right back out there on the court after the timeout, right? So I love that from Fred Hoiberg. Talk the guy through it. He knows what he did right. He knows what he did wrong. Let him play through it. That's really what Jamarcus needs at this point in those moments, right? Yeah, absolutely. Those are great coachable moments. And then it's great confidence for the player to, to, from the coach to show him that I care. I want you to grow, but grow and learn from these situations that we continuously discuss. 68-49, Nebraska gets the win over Penn State. They are currently at 8-7 and seven in Big Ten Conference play. They sit in sixth place, a game back of Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. Half a game Austin. up on Minnesota. What do you got, Stricky? Man, did you just be honest? Looking at where we are right now, did, could you envision us being right here? What, what was your what like your honest thoughts on what you what you perceived coming into the season and where we are right now? I think Nebraska's maybe a game or two ahead of where I thought they'd be. You know, I said if you can get to 500 in conference play, that's probably a step in the right direction. But Strick, now if Nebraska finishes 500 in conference play, it's almost a letdown, right? The fact that they're still in the conversation to get the double by, it's set up for them, right? They should be favored in all five of their remaining games. Maybe Wednesday they're not favored, um, but Nebraska should be the better team or have some advantage these last five games, which means everything is on the table for this team. Getting to 10 in conference was a good step. I kind of figured Nebraska would be in the mix from, you know, Team 10 to to maybe Team 5 at the higher end. They're in that glut of teams right now, right? They've been above 500. They've dropped below. They've sprung back above 500. But from where I thought this team would be at the beginning of the season, I'll give them credit for being a, a half a step or a step ahead of where I thought they'd be at this point. So, so in essence, basically, you felt that they would be a better road team than they are. Because yeah. I'm sure you didn't expect them to be 13 and... Uh, I'm sorry, like what, 15 and one at home? Mm-hmm. Is it Correct. 15? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't expect that. No, Be honest. no. I mean, I, I, I'm not shocked they beat Wisconsin, right? The Wisconsin we're seeing now is closer yeah. to the Wisconsin I thought we'd see all season, but I wouldn't have predicted a Penn State or a Purdue win, right? I thought Nebraska would have, you know, dropped one of these other games at home for, for some dumb reason. Um, the Creighton loss is, is tough the way it happened, but we knew Creighton was good coming into the year. So, yeah, I think as I look at the overall record, it seems about right, maybe a game or two early, but I also expect yeah. it to maybe not let a lead slip away at Minnesota or Rutgers and then have a stinker yeah. at home once. There you go. Okay. Love it. Good stuff. So, yeah, Nebraska, 8-7 and seven in conference. I would play. love to know the, the fans, I mean, yeah. the listeners, not fans. I mean, I <laughs> fans. You guys are family. Yeah. Not fans, family. 402-464-5685. I really would. I would really would love to hear your thoughts on that as far as – where, how you really felt about Nebraska? Because Austin, let me let me be honest. Some of them was talking crazy to me on the text. <laughs> this is why I want to really hear what they got to say. Austin, some of them was talking crazy to me, like, "Oh, you drinking the Kool Aid?" Because I've been to the practices, I seen it. Like I, I'm like, well, they're they're, they're moving a little bit different than what you know I maybe have seen of the past teams. I love the way that they was moving the ball. I was liking the way that they played deep. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, Austin, they came back me like, oh, you drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, they terrible. Woo. Oh, get rid of Fred Hoiberg. Oh, you know, I was hearing all this stuff. And I'm like, no, oh, man, I mean, I think y'all might be uh, overstepping a little bit. They're, they're a little <laughs> better than what you think. 
So this is why I'm saying this now. And I want y'all to be honest because y'all be, y'all was going in on Stricky. Talk to Stricky. Give that man his credit. Text line, comment section on the streams. Let us know how is Nebraska doing relative to your preseason expectations. Give us your comments. We'll wrap up hour one of On the Block with that here in just a sec. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 